You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let Mom's Green Thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give Mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Thinking Sideways is not brought to you by a phone box at the top of a ladder. Instead, it's supported by the generous donations of our listeners on Patreon. Visit patreon.com slash thinking sideways to learn more. And thanks. Thinking Sideways. I don't understand. stories of things we simply don't know the answer to. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Thinking Sideways, the podcast. Uh, I'm Joe, as always, joined by... Devin. And... Steve. Who doesn't get to change his name, apparently. Nope. 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 Sorry. Nope. Sorry. Just kidding. I'm actually Devin. That's Joe and that's Steve. Oh, now I'm confused. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, This week, we're going to talk about a murder... Not series of a, a serial of murders, if you will. We've uh, we've done Jack the Ripper. We did the Atlanta Ripper. Uh, now we're gonna do Jack the Stripper. This is not Jack the Stripper that you throw the dollar bills yeah, at. Yeah, it's though. not like not the fun that kind, of kind of stripper. It's yeah. like actually the opposite of the fun, sexy way of stripper. Yeah, there's um, nothing fun or sexy about this whole thing. I would agree. Yeah. Um it's all, this this case is also um often referred to as the Naked Murders or sometimes the Hammersmith Murders and it was suggested originally by Emily. Thanks Emily. Hey, thanks. Yeah. These murders took place between 1964 and 1965 in London, England. Uh Jack the Stripper, we're just going to call him Jack, you know, friendly terms. Yeah. Sorry. Um, he was the alleged perpetrator of six, maybe eight murders in London, as we said, uh, kind of in the same little area. 
Yeah, they were in the uh, same same district. Yeah, same district area. And um, yeah, his modus operandi was similar to Jack the Ripper. Well, which... except, except he didn't like, you know, carve them open. He did not carve them open, no, yeah. but uh, it did help kind of lean him towards the name with Jack the Stripper. That's one. That was one of the comparisons there. It's easy to. It, we've talked about this off off the mic before. Is that it's it's very funny to me that everybody becomes a Jack as soon as they kill at least three hookers, mm-hmm. maybe two, and then it, immediately that designation gets thrown on. Yeah, I know the Atlanta Ripper. Please. Yes, they are prostitutes. Not hookers. Sex workers. Prostitutes. Prostitutes. We don't want to offend anyone. No. No. Well. Jack did murder prostitutes only. Uh, Their naked bodies were found around London or in the Thames. Quick note, I'm apparently only doing mysteries in London now so that everybody can be annoyed at how I pronounce things. So. Mm. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so everybody's ready. That's your um, specialty. And then also, as a quick note, if you haven't already realized, this is going to be... Uh, one of those shows that if you have any issues with sexual trauma or anything kids are like around. that, or the kids around, maybe this is not the one because we're going to start talking about details. Also, if you're squeamish, this might not be the one either. Yeah, it's not as gro- it's not really as gory as a lot of ones we've talked about. No, though. but there's a lot more kind of potential for actual triggers. Yeah, and this is there. this is more of cerebral instead of mm-hmm. slash 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 bloody bloody bloody. There's yeah. these are things that you start thinking about. Yeah. They, they can really wanna. bother some folks. Yeah. So. Please be aware. Yeah. Okay, did you turn it off? No? You're you still weirdo. with us? Okay. You weirdo. Okay. You guys ready? Let's yep. start yeah. talking about this. So Jack killed his victims by asphyxiation, but it was kind of a unique form of asphyxiation. It was. Uh, basically, he strangled his victims by forcing them to perform very deep throat fellatio. <clears throat> Ew. Yeah. <laughs> his victims were found without their underwear, often until it was discovered like deep in their throats. As mm. gags. Yeah. Um, not all of the victims, but more than one of the victims, their underwear was found. Her underwear. Her, there, yeah, there, lodged there, deep in her throat. Very yeah. deep in their throat. And they were often missing front teeth. Just one or two, but still missing front teeth. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as with most serial killers, the episodes that we do about serial killers, we're just going to like run through the victims here real quick. I'm going to do all eight in order of discovery, even though you usually see the six that they call confirmed and then the two at the end, even though actually one of the unconfirmed ones is was discovered before. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to do them in chronologic order instead. Okay. Is that cool with you guys? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right, first victim, un- unconfirmed victim. Yeah. Of Jack. Of Jack. I'm not sure that she was actually part of the whole series. Yeah, I'm not sure either. It's yeah, hard to tell. I would agree with that. Um, but... Was a woman by the name of Elizabeth Fig. She was 21 years old. She was found dead on June 17th, 1959. So a good five years before the actual serial murdering started. She was found near the River Thames. Her death was considered by some to bear a lot of similarities to the other victims, namely the, vo- the location and the fact that she was strangled to death. Mm, and who gets strangled, right? Yeah, really. Yeah, I mean, really. That never happens, no, ever. No. Yeah, never. So the next victim, which is the first official victim, was Hannah Talford. She was 30, and she was found dead on February 2nd, uh, 1964, also near the River Thames, or really in kind of near on the shore i thought she was bobbing in it yeah she was near a dock i thought yeah yeah so, that's, so near thinking. the shore yeah, yeah. near the shore yeah. in the water yeah yeah, yeah. Yes. 
Uh, and it was she was very close, actually, to the Hammersmith Bridge. Um, she had been strangled. Several of her teeth were missing, and her underwear was forced down her throat, really deep down. That sounds throat. unpleasant. Sounds really unpleasant. The next victim... Okay, so all of the rest of the victims, except for the last one, are official victims. Right, so it's the first and the last in this list are suspected, but not... Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Irene Lockwood was the second official victim. She was 26. Her body was found on April 8th, 1964, also on the River Shore, not far from where Hannah was found. Um, And that really made police think that, you know, oh gosh, there's a serial killer on the loose. She was also missing some teeth. She had also died of asphyxiation. Asphyxiation. Also found without underwear on. Um, well, she was naked. I mean, she must have... Uh, no, she still had her stockings on. I think she's oh, the one that still had her stockings. It was her... Oh, okay. It was her or Hannah, one of the two, I remember. And they all would have some, maybe one or two little bits of clothing on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, I Many do... of them were found with their stockings like rolled down to their ankles, which is kind of weird because they were also missing their panties, and that's like a very... That's a hard transition to make. Just as a... True. Yeah. Except for, well, I guess in the 60s, it's possible they were all still wearing like, They were thigh, thigh highs. highs. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say is that I think they were all like thigh highs. stockings. Yeah. So there is the ability for one to come off mm-hmm. without dislodging the mm-hmm, other. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, now, I, I want to ask you real quick, and I know that this will be important later on in the story, is she was, uh, so we were just talking about uh, Irene. Mm-hmm. And she was found on the 8th, but we don't know exactly when she disappeared, correct? Yeah. Many and that's of the these, same with all of these. Yeah, unless we, there's one one victim that we know when she disappeared, or we think we know when she disappeared. Again, like there's actually not a way to 100% confirm that this is when she disappeared, mm-hmm. but um, with, with all the other victims, it's hard, you don't really know when... They were reported missing because they weren't really reported missing because they were prostitutes. And that was just kind of the sort of thing. I think most of the people who knew these women just assumed they moved on to other things or other places. That's that's been what I mean, I don't know if you guys have ever done any reading on this, but that's one of the giant dangers for people who are sex workers is Mm -hmm. that you don't because of that lifestyle, you don't make any close bonds mm-hmm. so therefore nobody knows if you're not around mm-hmm. yeah, and, this. Yeah, yeah. and then so nobody realizes you're gone and yeah. there's a lot of groups that are you know working on things like that to try to help that but that's that's one of the giant dangers yeah, yeah absolutely yeah and it's all it's also possible again that they might have just gone off for a couple of weeks to work a different part of town yeah you know, i mean and, that's and, but that's the whole thing is that knows, with yeah. this one exception which I think is likely we do know when this person, when mm-hmm. this girl disappeared. Um, the rest of them, we don't really know. Yeah. We just know when their bodies were found. Yeah, you've got to... Yeah, and they were all... And we should strip, say but... it didn't look like they had been floating for, like, weeks. You know, it was they were relatively recently dumped mm-hmm. and probably relatively recently murdered. Fresh bodies. Fresh bodies, not, you know, like, crawling and gross. And not like... in the water for weeks yeah. on end, yes. Yeah. But, but... That is important to point out. Thank you for bringing that up. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. we don't know when they disappeared. Yeah. Next victim was Helen Bartholomew. She was 22. Um, She was originally from Blackpool, if that interests anyone. Not me. (laughs) (laughs) She was found dead on April 24th, 1964, um, in an alleyway in Brentford. And this actually was the... So she was the first one. I don't know if you've been keeping track of this or not, but she was the first body that wasn't found in, in the river or near the water. Mm-hmm. So she was the first one where the police could actually gather physical evidence that might have been left behind by the killer. 
Cool. She was she was, she was, was in, in an alleyway. She right? was in an alleyway. Yeah, there which, was no water. Yeah, which yeah. obviously people find bodies in alleys mm-hmm. much quicker because there people are going through there than mm-hmm. they do on the edge of the riverbank. Right, oh, but yeah. also there was no the water hadn't washed. Even Irene's body being on the shore of the river, it was she, it was presumed she was dumped in the river and then right. washed on shore. Right. So that the water would have washed away any kind of residue or anything like that mm-hmm. um which was actually important because helen's body did actually have some interesting things on her um they found flecks of paint used in motor car manufacturing or like repainting yeah um actually, automobiles uh-huh yeah and a source that i that i found the uh, they actually found coal dust mm-hmm, on mm-hmm. all, all the, on her body and i think all the subsequent victims they yep. found coal dust they mm-hmm. found uh red black and white paint flecks or little droplets, uh, predominantly black, and I presume mm-hmm. that's why they they came to the conclusion that it was involved with cars, because mm-hmm. back at this time, cars in Britain were primarily mostly black. Mostly black. Yeah. So yeah. 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 So they found those flecks, um, and the police felt that it was you know from the killer's workplace. They at first they started speculating that the killer was um, was actually like a paint sprayer in in the motor industry of some kind, whether it be in a mm. body shop or in manufacturing or whatever. Worked in a paint um, booth all day. Yeah, they thought, and part- particularly um, pertaining to the auto industry. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, there's that's the thing is that people may not realize this, but certain applications re- require certain kinds of paint, and paint that you put on a car is very specific because yeah. it's got to withstand the elements for mm-hmm. a long period of time. Yep. Mm-hmm. Very true. Yep. The next victim was Mary Fleming. She was 30, originally from Scotland. Uh, she was found in, in the sitting position at the entrance of a garage on July 14th in 1964. And it was a residence that the garage, it was a residential garage. It mm-hmm. wasn't like it was just some random workplace. Yeah, no. It was, it was some resident. guy's house. Yeah. yeah. This was in um, Chiswick. Where uh, the police presence was actually the heaviest. They were they were really heavily patrolling that area. Um, there were, again, paint flecks on her body and the coal dust um, as well. Locals reported that they thought they heard a vehicle backing down the street just before the body was discovered. And the police suspected it was a car, <laughs> obviously. Um, but since nobody had seen it, they actually couldn't confirm that it was a car. Yeah. They thought it probably, you know, people said they thought it sounded like a car. I am inclined to believe it probably was a car. I am, I am too. But what the weird thing about a car backing away is when you get into residential neighborhoods in London, they, you know, it's the how there's the front sides and then the alleys have the backside with the garages, typically in, in my experience anyway. And those are usually one way streets. Mm-hmm. So it's really weird that somebody would be backing down it because that means they'd have to back out into traffic. Well, I'm, I mean, granted it may have been super, it was super early in the morning, but it's still just that, The thing that puzzles me is how somebody could hear it and conclude that they were backing up as opposed to just driving slowly forward. Yeah. Uh, yeah. old cars, you put them in reverse and reverse always had a high pitch whine. That's true. Yeah, I suppose there's You that. know, there was, there was always that really typical high pitch gear. When you I can were, hear we were reversing it at head. speed yeah. is it would happen. Mm-hmm. That's why I think that people is like, oh, somebody's backing up really fast. That's weird. Well, I, but I almost wonder if if the um, killer was backing down the alley, dropped the body, and then pulled out so that it would look normal. You know what I mean? Could like be. back down the alley, even though it's a one way, back down the wrong way, mm-hmm. so that they would pull out into traffic 
the right way. Or he could have driven down the alley the wrong way to begin with. And realized yeah. it. Yeah. No, so he's driving, because that's no, no. happened to family. Yeah, oh yeah, no, no, but I'm thinking he drives slowly down the alley the wrong way, dumps the body, and continues on. And people hearing him, they hear him going, and uh, and they conclude that he must be backing up, since otherwise that means he'd be driving the, the wrong way down a one-way street. That's yeah. a good point. That's a good point. Yeah. Although There's I don't a know, a lot of ways this could have gone. Yeah, I, yeah I guess absolutely. It and doesn't it's hard really matter because nobody a, really saw it. This is a yeah, pretty yeah. tiny little clue anyway. So yeah. we'll, don't, let's not worry about it anymore. Yeah, actually. So the next body that was found, Francis Brown, is the next victim, the one that we find the most about. She was 21 at the time, and she was last seen by a fellow prostitute and friend, Kim Taylor. And Kim last saw her on October 23rd, 1964. But Francis's body wasn't discovered until more than a month later, November 25th, 1964. Uh, lucky for investigators, though, Kim thought that she had seen the man that um, Francis was picked up by. And she thought that that was the last. She thought that was Jack, basically. She yeah. thought that was probably the last person that Francis had ever seen for whatever reason. And they, they got a sketch of that person. They got an identikit. Which was a really terrible sketch. Really bad sketch. Really very, I wouldn't say terrible, very generic. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but they also got a description of the car. Mm-hmm. And they thought the car was either a Ford Zephyr or Zodiac. Um, neither of which we have in America. We didn't. They yeah. were Did, a British. They were a Brit- Ford of Britain mm-hmm. only. I, I was curious, so I looked it up. They I shipped some of them to the U.S. I think they on made... kind of a novelty basis. Yeah. But they they were, and they didn't have, you know, it's funny is that a lot of cars have a international companion. So mm-hmm. there's one ver- one name here and one name there. This car didn't appear to be. They didn't... look very British, these cars. <laughs> They, I mean, they yeah. look very they 1950s really, yeah. Britain cars, 1960s, little squat, yeah. round fenders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I, 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 didn't they also make these in Australia? Uh, no, I don't know. Well, I don't. I didn't see anything about this particular line being in Australia, but it could have been. Mm-hmm. I just didn't see anything. They were they were UK only. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? That's some reason I was thinking uh, Dr. Bogle and Mrs. Chandler had one or something like that. I don't think so. You know, but the thing is, is because the car lines would be used in one country only, they could take the name, and they did sometimes put them in other places. I'm pretty sure that the Zephyr actually got used in the States, like, Five or eight years later, on a different line, it was like a model for a very brief time. So they could mm. they would hop from continent to continent that way. But and it's there, a weird thing that they get away with. No, there was there was a, yeah there was a, definitely a Zephyr I think made in the U.S. But it didn't look anything like the British one. No, think, no, yeah, and it was the it predecessor was, to the Ford Granada. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. It, that's yeah. which is a totally different car, but it was also mm. you know it was ten years later. Well, and Devin is now bored by uh, Joe and Steve have car time. Oh yeah, good point. I'm just checking out. Now, my nail polish. Like, yeah, now, well, I just want to say, how can you not use Zephyr? Because it's a cool name. It's a great name. I yeah, know. It is. I actually, <laughs> I really, I wish that it's the Zodiac so that at least we have a connection to another serial killer. I know. Yeah, if they, you know what, if they ever make the Zodiac car again, people are going to be getting that, that's the Zodiac symbol on the hood I'm all the time. I'm 100% sure they will never do that ever again. No, they Probably for that not. reason. But yeah, well. Yeah. So, um. Oh, yeah, back to our mystery. Yeah. Well, no, it's a killer car. Oh, God. It was a good, oh, okay. It wasn't. Keep on. It wasn't even a little bit of a good one. <sighs> you guys are just too serious today. So yeah. that's, uh, that's Frances Brown, and she, like I said, she was found a month later. 
or yeah, a month, well over a month Just over. since um, she had been seen last. And again, it's hard to tell. I think the sense I had was that investigators thought that Kim and Francis were good enough friends that had Francis been free and alive, Kim would have seen her in that time frame. Yeah. I, oh. You know, I almost got the sense of them like living together or something. I, yeah. And I think that, uh, I, that if I'm not, if I'm remembering correctly, I think Francis Brown, when they found her body, it was significantly de- deteriorated. Uh, yeah. So she had been probably dead the entire month. Yeah. The next victim was Bridget O'Hara. She was 28 years old, and she's the last official victim. She was found behind a storage shed. She oh. had oh, the same... Yeah, by the way, I, I, I think, if I had this right in another source, I found this was a shed that actually had two Transformers inside it. Yes. Yeah. Right. I was about to talk about that, actually. Oh, you were? Okay, yeah. sorry. Uh, <laughs> so she had she did have the same paint flex on her body, um, they were identical to all of the other paint flecks that had been found. Um, and they were actually identical to paint flecks also on a transformer that Joe mentioned. Yeah. Bursting my bubble yet again. Sorry. <laughs> um, the transformer was found just a couple yards away. It also appeared that uh, her body had been kept warm. It was So it was in good condition. Yeah. So they thought maybe it had been kept cool. But again, it's hard since we don't know. People when... also say they think it might have been mummified in a transformer. Right. Yeah. So that was the that was the that was the thing. And, and sure that was the that was the thing. Somebody, I, that's something that I think when we say a transformer, what we're talking about is a big metal box, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. several feet <clears throat> by several feet that mm-hmm. you can somebody could actually climb into. It's right. large enough. So yeah. not the things that are up on poles. Yeah. 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 Um, and so that that's a bit of a question, and I've read some places that it was mummified. I've read some places that it was in good condition and looked like it hadn't been dead for very long. I've read some places that they thought her body was kept cool for a period of time. Yeah, like kept in a refrigerator or mm-hmm. something like that. So it's hard to tell. Again, or, I don't like know. Like somebody hung out and watched telly with the body for yeah. a couple of weeks in the cooler and then yeah. got, you know, realized the conversation was really droll and mm-hmm. we're done. Yeah. yeah. You're just that. pulling all of those really fun English words out, aren't you? I am. Yeah. Mm. I'm working. I've been watching a lot of english tv Mm -hmm. i'm just waiting to say boot and car park (laughs) (laughs) not gonna happen yeah Yeah, um, so bridget's body was actually found on february 16th 1965 so there's a bit of a gap there well yeah that's three months from or almost three or four months from the prior body Mm -hmm. and he kind of did it was a hopscotch it's kind of weird yeah because the first let's see the first bodies were found within like a week or two of each other april 8th and april 24th right the first body was february right hannah was the first official victim oh yeah sorry i'm looking at (laughs) the wrong things so elizabeth was like four years before five years so i'm I'm ignoring so hannah was found in february and then nothing until April, and then two in April, mm-hmm. and then nothing again until July. July for with Mary, uh huh, and then fe- then November, and then February again. October and November. Well, yeah. Oh, you're right. Right. Yeah. That's right. She disappeared. In we October. think in October. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there were some. It's weird because you you think there would be that pattern of escalation. There were two real quick right after each other. And then nothing for a while. Mm-hmm. So you almost wonder if maybe he actually had to just be more careful. Because after, you know, it was after well, that second, after the third body, I guess, was found. After the second one in April was found, the police started saying, things, oh, yeah, like, they, hey, we know there's a dude out there killing ladies. Like, they ramped stop. it up big time. Yeah. They, uh, yeah, they actually, uh, they took, they 
poured tons of cops into the area, and they were so they had many. surveillance vans, like you know, mm-hmm. you know, concealed surveillance vans all mm-hmm. over the place, and yeah, and they had police roadblocks. women dressed up as prostitutes. Yeah, yeah. And so they, uh, I mean, they de- they definitely took it seriously. Yeah. Oh yeah. And that might, that might be one of the reasons the whole thing stopped. Because, you know, it makes possible. it a little hard to get away with these crimes when there's thousands of cops hanging around. Yeah, they really get in the way of your hobby. Yeah, mm-hmm. they do. They really do. It's time to go off and become like the Yorkshire Ripper or maybe the, uh, you know. Or just write the, the Munich great Ripper. British novel. Yeah, do, or, yeah, find a different hobby. Yeah. There's yeah. always that. Yeah. So there's one last victim. Again, it's an unofficial victim. And it was uh, Gwyneth Rees. And she was 22. She was found on November 8th, 1963, which is obviously later than 1965, I'm realizing at this particular You mean moment. earlier? No, I meant later. <laughs> <laughs> so she uh, should be in there earlier. She should actually be at the beginning, too. I'm sorry, everyone. But again, she's, she's one of the But she's another it's, outlier. Yeah. Yeah. She, I can see more than um, the other one, Elizabeth. I think I see Gwyneth a little bit more. She was 22. She was found near the River Thames. She died of strangulation, but with ligature marks. So that was inconsistent with uh, Jack's favorite way of just killing women. Uh, and but she did also have broken teeth. So you know the other thing we haven't talked about that was consistent among all of these women, besides the manner of death and their occupation, is that I remember looking at some stuff, uh, coming across the fact that all but one was dark haired, mm-hmm. and all of them. I, they were all of, I believe it's described as short stature, mm-hmm. which means that they were five foot three or under. They all looked very similar. Yes, they, yeah. they, yeah, and they're the blonde, the one that's the blonde. I can't think, I can't remember the name in the list of which one it is that was the blonde. I just remember the picture. She looks a little different. She's, she actually is much different than the others. The others yeah. all look to me like they could have been related in some way. So this guy definitely had a, a type. type. Mm-hmm. He oh, yeah. was after a certain kind of lady that was really his thing. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, it, you know, again, the reason that I would argue that I think Gwyneth is probably part of this is that I think I think there's some escalation. I'm, I would be willing to say that Gwyneth is the first victim that he... The first actual victim. The first actual victim that he strangled her with her stockings, um, which I believe is how she died. Those were the ligature marks they thought were from instead of, you know, choking her with fellatio and that it just escalated from there because she does she looks a lot alike her patterns you know looks Mm -hmm. it looks a lot like something that could have been escalated into his actual mo Mm -hmm. Um, but that'd just be my personal argument mm -hmm. yeah it might be the first time around and for some reason Mm -hmm. just for straight up strangulation and then he he sort of develops a new technique after Uh that yeah yeah Yeah. uh so the one other thing that i want to i want to bring up just briefly because i don't want to get into too much gory detail here but i know that a lot of people are going to be saying, well, wait a minute, if fellatio is the way that he's strangling him, why don't these women simply bite down? Bite it off, yeah. Because, well, I mean, but the, the easy answer is, is if, it's in a, uh, if you're in a higher position than somebody and you put a thumb in the back of somebody's jaw, it locks it open. Mm-hmm. And therefore, you incapacitate that that ability. So I just want to head that off at the past because I know a lot of people are like, "Well, I would just do this." Here's but the other thing: can't. I don't know. I mean, again, it's... I'm trying to think of like a sensitive way to say this, but when there's something stuck in the back, like really wedged in the back of your throat, it's your... hard to you, you. Your jaw muscles don't work 
like you think they're going to. And that's the last thing you're thinking about. You're yeah. trying to breathe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. You, you want to breathe. I understand that there is that, that gasp and gag reflex of, mm-hmm. I've got to get air. I've got to get air. Yeah. Not, oh, well, I'm going to go on the offensive. Yeah. It's also possible that they didn't, I mean, we don't know what the situation was. It's not as though their bodies shown, showed great signs of struggle. Or anything like that. I mean, aside from missing teeth. So you also don't necessarily know what the situation was that it, you didn't, that they didn't realize they were going to die until it was too late. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that their Jack said, you know, okay, this is what we're going to do. And, they, and I like it rough. So and just they were be like, ready. oh, okay. I mean, I guess you're paying me a lot of money or you've, you know, offered me a lot of money. And then before, before you realize it, you aren't breathing and you're thinking, well, surely... Surely he's gonna pull Surely out. Surely he's gonna pull out sometime, <laughs> and then Maybe. you realize, and then you're just like, I'm, it's too late. It's I'm still yeah. kind of surprised though that uh, at least a few of them didn't grab some other certain part of his anatomy and give well, it a good squeeze. Well, but there's squeeze. also, yeah. frankly, yeah. there's no way to know that that didn't happen. That's Maybe, true. Maybe I mean, I... there are people who are into that. That's you, true. You know, and and yeah. that's the other thing is that the I think correct me if I'm wrong, but the big reason that we think that this is the the tool that he used to strangle them with is because semen was found in their stomachs. Yeah. That that is what has led people to believe that that was how they were killed. But we don't know that for sure. It could be that mm-hmm. after the fact, he grabbed their underwear, shoved it in their mouth, and crammed it down there. And in some way, that that's what they choked on. I mean, we don't know that for sure. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. Could be, Again, yeah. you know, it's one of those things where we like we don't know who this guy actually is, so there is no way to know. And actually, any in the, of it. You actually, now that you mention it, in the case of the, the underwear in the in the throat, that definitely had to been done after the fact. It right. would it would have had to because obviously, yeah, she's mm-hmm. not going to just sit there. And say, oh yeah, go ahead and cram that down my throat and then pack it in there with your <laughs> your your. your thing uh-huh. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah she's yeah. not going to consent to that probably yeah i probably. mean so that's why yeah. that's why i bring just, there's a lot of questions about the mm-hmm. that particular mode of death oh yeah yeah and i mean you know the other part too is that there were no ligature marks so they like it had to have been an obstruction of the airway right um so i guess the, the other thought is not all of them were found with their underwear shoved down their throat so you know how else does one strangle someone without ligature marks yeah, good question. Uh, um, that, we really need to get off this line of topic. Yes. But yeah. the only other thing that I thought about is I was trying to figure out what had been used in something akin to like a ball gag. Uh, I don't think so because the the amount of tightness that so, you would have to achieve to actually strangle someone with a ball gag would likely leave I, I, I don't mean the, the official, the kind that you can oh, you buy at Adam like and Eve. Just some, something like that that was used as a gag is, is what I'm getting at. Yeah, why not a plunger? Mm-hmm. Or a Super Bowl or something like that. I mean, you know, something that's large enough to go in, but, but that's, I mean, that's But then again. you have to have a way to get it back out. Heimlich. But let's move on. You, you, tie, a string, you tie a string to it. Yeah. 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 Yeah, just like a coin. Yeah. Right? Yep. Yeah. Or a paddle ball. <laughs> Ew. Yeah. No. Ew. Yeah. Okay. So let's, uh, let's move on. Talk about the investigation a little yes, bit. Yes, let's do that. The lead investigator on the case was Chief Superintendent of Scotland Yard at the time. That was John DeRose. And it's reported that the investigative team interviewed 7,000 suspects... Uh, the population of London at the time was about 8 million. 
So that's like almost 1% of the population. That's a lot of people. Almost. Yeah. It's a lot of people. It really is. Um, they, they really didn't like having to investigate that yeah, many people. They really didn't. They were really peeved. So out of the 7,000, they identified 20 actual suspects, and then they halved that, and then finally um, willed it down to three people they thought. Um, but DeRose had a favorite suspect, and he talked about that in the media, um, and we'll talk about that in the suspects slash theories. And one quick note to mention before we really get too far into theories slash suspects um, is Kenneth Archibald. uh, He was a 57-year-old caretaker, and he actually confessed to the murder of Irene Lockwood almost three weeks after um, she was found. But his confession was pretty much dismissed because the police thought that there were a lot of inconsistencies with his version of the events. Um, well, oh, no, they but then to, also they, they found a third victim. They started to take him to trial. They did, and then they started, and then they, this other victim showed up, and then they actually listened to what he was saying and thought, wait, that doesn't make sense. Yeah, that and doesn't just match totally up. Totally dismissed it. Um, so we won't take him into serious consideration, but that's the sort of thing that you'll you'll see around. Uh, and then mm-hmm. I guess the other, I like, I, I don't understand the mindset of that really. Confessing the crimes you didn't commit. Yeah. Especially one like that. It's not as though I don't, it's not my understanding that police like looked at him and they were like, Oh, it was definitely you and pressured him into a confession. I, it was my impression that he just kind of came forward. There are a lot of people who do that. And there is a myriad of reasons that they confess, whether it be to, you know, because they have some mental affliction that they've convinced themselves or they just want the attention or they want a place with three squares and a warm blanket. There's always that. Well, he was a caretaker. I mean, he had a job. Well, maybe he didn't like his job and this was easier. You know, going and sitting in the pokey is much easier. Yeah, as a serial killer. (sighs) Actually, it turns out no, because if you're over 16 and you get convicted of like more than two murders, you get put to death. Not in Britain. Yeah, in Britain. Not today, probably. And not today, but okay, in the 60s. Just, the Brits don't yeah. kill anybody. In the 60s, they were still the hangman noose, yeah. Okay. Yeah, they yeah. still killed people. It's also, it is possible that this guy actually did kill her. I mean, I, I mean yeah, it's possible. possible. He also could have been one of her Johns mm-hmm. and in some had some connection to her. But again, this is pure speculation. Yeah, absolutely. The point is, he's not responsible. No, yeah. he's definitely not. I know I said it before, but the, the key to being a good murderer is to go around confessing to murders you didn't commit and until you just develop this reputation as a crank. You know, and then and then go on a spree, and then and then go kill, <laughs> and then go kill somebody and confess to it, and they'll uh-huh. just roll their eyes and show you the door. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this guy again. Yeah. yeah. Oh, great, it's Joe again. Actually, pretty soon they get fed up and they just throw me in the pokey for one of the murders. So I don't care if he committed it or not. I'm you sure did out. now. Uh, yeah. yeah, I'm sure that there would be some crime they would convict you of, if nothing else, of obstruction of justice or something. Yeah. You know, some random old school <sighs> law of, of getting in the way. Yeah. Okay, so uh, theories, suspects, oh, yeah. everything. Theories. Yeah, I mean, there's like 7,000 suspects, so we better get started. Uh-huh. I mean, you Boy. know, we're like 40, 40 minutes into this show. Yeah, oh, you better Boy. settle in, folks. Go to the bathroom, get yourself another drink. Yeah. All right, 7,000. You guys ready? Yeah, let's yeah. Hear it. Just kidding. I have the stadium, pal. I'm ready. All right, so let's start uh, with uh, Chief Inspector DeRose's favorite, he, who he called Big John. Yeah, not his real name. Not his real name. No, I'm... Actually, I'm, not like nothing to do with his real name at all. I'm pretty sure that the name John is in reference to yeah. being a John. Mm-hmm. I think that's probably true. Big John's real name was uh, Mungo Ireland. 
DeRose revealed that Ireland had been identified as a suspect shortly after the murder of Bridget O'Hara. The paint flecks that were similar to those found on most of the bodies were found on uh, Mr. Ireland. I believe that he was actually the security guard for at that painting facility garage. Actually, what I read is that uh, he actually was a security guard who drove around in a van and checked on various businesses. Right. From Sorry. Yeah, so yeah. I should have clarified that he from, was a security guard for many of these places. Including the place. where they, and, and also, he, they ca- he kept his car in a garage, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, his shift, by the way, was 10 p.m. to 6 a.m., if I recall right. So he's working a late shift. Working Third a late shift. shift. Yeah. And... Uh-huh. and Apparently, all all of these women disappeared uh, between 11, a, 11 p.m. and 1 a.m., and, mm-hmm. and their bodies were dumped between 5 and 6 a.m. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. one reason he looked really good as a suspect. Yeah, and because he yeah. had access to a lot of the places, and it was kind of on his beat. And there was that yeah. interview that from that book... Whoa, what was the book called? Oh, Jack the, Jack the Jumper or yeah, something Jack like that? Yeah, Jack the Jumper. Yeah. And there was that interview with Ireland... Yeah. Um, where he taught, I mean, he had a car. Um, one of the places that he did security was that garage that mm-hmm. the name is escaping me. I'm really sorry. I've, I've heard it described. Oh, see, so yeah, the, uh, the wimpy autos. Yeah. That was like also a club kind of maybe. I don't think it was really a club, but I think Hard certain, I think certain activities went on in there mm-hmm. from time to time. They did mm-hmm. actually, some of the people that, that worked there actually were known to go back there with prostitutes at mm-hmm. least once. Yeah. So but, it was kind of a shady business and he admitted to having connections there and being friends with some of the people who owned it maybe, or he, I think he said he had gone around for tea every once in a while or something. Yeah. And um, then, uh, I think some of the other stuff is that, uh, besides the paint flakes and all that stuff is, uh, according to the police, his, his car's registration number was among those that were seen by the police in the area mm-hmm. where the murder picked up his victims. Mm-hmm. Cause they had been, they had been putting up roadblocks. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Cause there's a, only a certain number of roads that went in and out of the area that the bodies were showing up. So yeah. they, they were counting cars coming right. in and out, recording right. them. Yeah. And if yeah. you went in and out, uh, you know, went in and came back out over a certain uh, time frame at night, mm-hmm. they put you on a, a red list. Yeah. yeah. Which yeah. is, I mean, you know, it's, uh, that one's hard because he was a security guard. He did technically have legitimate business in that's that area. That's what his job was. Sure. That's what his job was, but also that's suspicious, I guess. Yeah, I know. Uh, but, the, uh, but, you know, the thing that I want to point out that Joe brought up is that, okay, well, we believe that the that the women were picked up between a certain amount of time and that the bodies tended to be dumped around a certain amount of time. But that's that's really thin. Mm-hmm. Okay, they are working the streets at night, so we know they're picked up at night. But they could, the bodies could have been dropped in a number of these locations at midnight or oh, yeah, at five it, in the morning. So that's that's but that that's one of the things that they use to tie it to Ireland and to, uh-huh. to uh, not John Mungo. Mungo and yeah. I was about to call him John Ireland, which mm-hmm. is wrong. Yeah. Big John, yeah. Mungo Ireland. Mm-hmm. So to Mungo is that because of this time frame? But that's. That's really not all that strong. Well, no, the thing about it is, is uh, Mungo is a really good suspect, and that's why uh, John DeRose, you know, was convinced that it was him. Yeah. Because also because after his suicide, the killing stopped. Spoilers. Oh, sorry. Okay. <laughs> but anyway, but yeah, they were never actually conclusively able to tie the murders to him at all. I mean, they were never able to prove a thing. Yeah. Okay, so wait, let's talk about his suicide. Yeah, yeah. let's talk about his suicide. And I want to know when it was. Um, 
1965. Dude, we'd right? Have... At, I don't have an exact date. Okay, I was going to ask if either of you found that because no. I never could no, find. I, and I, I, you I know, have not I, found it either. I mostly see it as right after the discovery of Bridget O'Hara's body, but then I other places see it right before the discovery of Bridget O'Hara's body. So I don't know. I okay. I, I heard that it was actually the the precipitating event for it was that. Um, they had been making the police had apparently been making some inquiries, and and apparently they had examined the garage where he kept his car or van or whatever, and found all those things you know like paint, coal dust, you know, and stuff like that. Like they found because the he went through the place where they believed it was all originating from. Yeah, and so when he apparently found out that they had been to that garage and made a made a very minute examination of it when he found that out he realized that it was kind of near the end for him but and, i mean the thing is is it's all speculation it is his, his suicide note i will read what it said it was not too specific it was not so specific at all and it is it's total speculation that we're just foisting on this guy um his suicide note to his wife um, he actually, Okay, so he committed suicide by carbon monoxide poisoning. He sat in the garage with the window down and the car going yep. and went to sleep. And he said, quote, I can't stick it any longer to save you and the police looking for me. I'll be in the garage, unquote. And actually, one of the other big issues with the idea that it was maybe Ireland is that they actually thought that maybe he was in Scotland uh, when Bridget O'Hara was being murdered. Not actually in London, which that would be, obviously be a problem. That would be a problem. Um, yeah, if you're not in the country, yeah. that's a big issue. Yeah. Now, again, according to Jack, that Jack the Jumper, and mm-hmm. I was not saying this guy is omniscient, but apparently the police police inquiries had established that he was in London during every period when somebody was murdered. Yeah, again, yeah. it's hard to tell. Yeah, well, I was saying, yeah, they never, they were never able to question him because he killed himself before they were able to question him. And yeah. they also, except again, for that one small interview, as we said before, though we also don't know exactly when they disappear. Mm-hmm. So maybe the guy, you know, the guy, the author of Jack the Jumper, decided, well, this person had to have been kidnapped beforehand. I mean, it's, it's hard to tell. It's speculation. Oh, yeah. yeah, I mean, I guess the other. There's always, with all these serial murders, it's always possible that at least one or two of them are the work of a copycat. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, especially with one that was so... it's They weren't exactly withholding details in the press mm-hmm. about this and and how the women were murdered. So it's, it's certainly possible that, you know, Ireland was responsible for some of them and not all of them or or whatever but yeah. he he was the chief inset chief inspector chief superintendents de rose it, he was his favorite um suspect and he's a good suspect i must admit but it's, it's far from proven okay all right okay next well, up him. freddie mills um do you guys know who freddie mills is i yeah. do now yeah yeah Freddie Mills was the world light heavyweight champion in boxing from uh, 1948 to 1950. I, I guess only... I didn't realize that light heavyweight was a thing. I was going to yeah, say, am I the only one who was confused by that I looked name? it up. I actually looked it up. And it's it's the lightest division of the heavyweight I champions. understand it. So I think it's, it's, it's 150 to 170 pounds or something How like many that. stones is that? I don't know. Okay. That's like 20... Seven stones. That's like at least <laughs> at least two hundred stones. Yeah, yeah. How big are the stones? Yeah, I don't know. What are they? Pebbles? Are they like giant things? I don't know. I love antique British weight mm. systems. Sorry. 
Um, so he was a he was a pretty f- prominent figure at the time. You know, he was a boxing champion, mm-hmm. world boxing champion. He owned a club that um, had previously been a restaurant. In case anybody's gonna you know freak out about that, and he actually began acting a little bit too. He hosted some TV shows. He was he was, he was kind of an up and comer. He um he did some walk ons. He, you know, he was kind of, he was just doing his thing. It's very similar to, say, O.J. Simpson in the, yeah. in the at the end of his football That's career. True. He started coming on. He made he made a couple of movies. Made a couple of movies. Yeah. He was in TV shows. I would say more like Dwayne up. The Rock Johnson. Yeah, and then, and then yeah, that's a good one. Well, yeah. but, but he then, actually made it. But, oh, yeah, the thing, yeah, difference, yeah, O.J. And then O.J. got framed for murder by the LAPD. You remember that? I remember that. <laughs> yeah. They definitely haven't found anything from his house recently or anything like no, that. Not no, not at all. By the time this episode comes out, that's going to be old news. And yeah, it would be it like, is. obviously, it was bleep. Yeah. The nightclub that he owned was frequented by some fairly seedy people, most notably the Cray twins. Yeah, these who were guys. Ronnie and Reggie. And I actually um, wasted a stupid amount of time doing some research on them. They're super interesting. Could even be a subject of their own podcast, maybe. Someday. I was going to say, so, well, d- there are some unsolved mysteries around there. I, I, there? I've yeah. heard of the Cray Twins. I can't yeah, remember yeah. what they, their name is definitely familiar. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, they're very familiar. And there's a mm-hmm. movie that came out recently about There that. is, yeah. I and actually, yet, we literally but... just got a suggestion today about somebody who was like, I was doing some research on the Cray Twins. And, and I was like, yeah, I know, it's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I guess if you have, I again, I. Without going too far into it, I guess I would say they were like twin Al Capones. They were famous for being gangsters. Yep. You know, that was like their thing. Yeah. They were the beginnings of organized crime in Britain. In Britain. I don't know if they were the beginnings of it. Well, they were were the ones who were the best in organization. Yeah. In Mm -hmm. in terms of like their act, they weren't just running around rampant. They They had things together and they were all over the place. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They were like. Every pie. Yeah. Anyway, Freddie was um, friends, quote-unquote, with the Cray twins, kind of. Uh, and things kind of uh, predictably went downhill. It's reported that he suffered from headaches later in his boxing career that continued on after he quit. Not shocking. uncommon for totally guys who shocking are in that profession. Yeah. Who get hit a lot in the head and face. Yeah, I don't know why that might happen. But he was really in debt to his quote-unquote friends, the Crays, uh, and that of his family. He he had a wife and two daughters. So Freddie Mills uh, committed suicide, which seems accepted. But you, you say that as if we don't know if he really did it well, himself or without help or under duress. So it's hard for me because... And I again, I didn't like research too much because I didn't want this show to be about the suicide yeah. on Freddie Mills. But uh, he went out back of his club to take a nap in the car, which he did a lot, apparently. And also he had been borrowing a not working rifle from a friend uh, that got repaired, apparently. So it was working and it was found outside of his car. Mm-hmm. And the police said, oh, no, this gunshot wound is consistent with a self-inflicted wound from this rifle. But m- without reading too much into it, I don't I'm not satisfied how, by that. How long was, how long was the barrel gonna... on the rifle? I, have, I don't know. I have no idea. I, like I said, I didn't yeah, do that, that much research on yeah, okay, okay. it. I'm, but I, I'm overly curious. It was my general impression that I did not offhandedly immediately accept it, that it was a suicide. Okay. But yeah. the reading of all of the uh, research that I did didn't 
necessarily explicitly say like a contested suicide. They just said he committed suicide. Okay, so so why why is Freddie on this list? Yeah. Well, if you stop interrupting me, I tell you. <laughs> yeah, come on, let her talk. Yeah, jeez. As you're blathering on mm-hmm. about a rifle. Mm-hmm. So it actually wasn't. So it wasn't until after his death in 1965 that these negative rumors started to circulate about him. There were a lot of negative rumors that started to circulate about him, but a lot of them actually were kind of collected in this book that came out in 2002. About Freddie exclusively, or about the craze, or about who? It was about Freddie. Um, well, I was, it was actually, it's about Jack the Stripper, but it was the one to like make the connection to say that they thought maybe it was Freddie, uh, but I have a lot of problems with this, but to, to say some of the allegations, one of the allegations was that Freddie had been actually in a homosexual relationship with Ronnie Cray. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Not that, who was openly bisexual, not that there's anything wrong with that, but it would add a layer of complexity to that relationship. Especially in that time frame. Mm Mm-hmm. It was. It also started to be rumored that Freddie had killed eight women and that he was about to be exposed as a stripper, so he killed himself instead. But I, this all comes from this one book from 2002, and it doesn't seem like there's any historic research to back no, it up. No, I don't it see it. It doesn't seem yeah. like anybody thought that that was a thing. Uh, I, have, I have a question. A- eight women? Is it the eight women in question for the Jack the Stripper, or is this... A separate it's eight just, women. It's just an amorphous... So the report was that the craze said that Freddie had told them that he had killed eight women. Oh. And the author okay. of this 2002 book said, so obviously that Got must it. have been these eight women. And of course he died in 65, which so, is when the murder stopped. Yeah, you know? yeah, so, so, yeah. But still, pretty, yeah. thin, pretty thin, I'd say. I, I agree. Uh, and, you know, the other thing, too, is that I, in my reading about Freddie... Though he had a brutal profession of boxing, I did not get the impression that he was overly brutal outside of the boxing ring. It didn't see, and it also didn't even seem like his boxing technique was that brutal. So I, I don't, I didn't get the sense that he was really prone to violence. So I don't, I just don't buy it. Well, the thing about it is, is uh, the Jack the Stripper was a guy that um, had some weird sexual predilections. Well, but so I think and, that's the reason that I bring up the whole homosexual thing well, is that if you're, you know, there's that commonly said thing where if you're trying to suppress a part of you, it'll come out in these like really weird, messed up ways. Hmm. I don't buy it, especially well, yeah, if he but, was in a homosexual relationship with someone. He's not denying it. He's yeah. in a relationship with someone, but the point even that, if it's outside of marriage. The point that I'm making is that if you have violent, kinky, sexual predilections, uh, and if you're a guy who owns a nightclub, is a famous boxer and a celebrity, you're going to get a lot of you know what with women. Yeah, probably. There's going to be a lot of people be a, coming in who would be happy to satisfy your desires. Yeah. Well, it's not just that, but also uh, at some point, if somebody made these allegations, and then some somebody some some women or another are going to come up, come out and say, yeah, yeah, he tried to ram it down my throat and choke me to death one time. I had mm-hmm. to I had to grab his. Narge and squeeze mm-hmm. him as hard as I could to get him to back away. You're going to get people like that. Yeah, if he totally. Was, if he had a predilection for sexual violence, mm-hmm. then you know there would be. There yeah. Would be also, other I mean, you think that his wife probably would have brought it up. Yes, you think she would have. I mean, she, after his death, she probably would have said, "Yeah, he was kind of horrible." Yeah. Because yeah. there's no, I mean, there's no fear of retribution at that point. I am going to disagree with that. Okay. Because there are there there are many many examples of people who. 
after an unhappy relationship has ended tragically, and in this example, he's killed himself supposedly, even though he may have been a bit of a bastard, it was, I'm going to protect his legacy because suddenly that's the only thing I have to cling to, and I've convinced myself that that's the right thing to do. I mean, well, this sir, Or if you've got kids, you know, obviously. Yeah, especially yeah. For, yeah. people do that, yeah. especially for their children. Yeah. So, but again, so, no, yeah. she may not have just turned around and said, oh, yeah, he had this thing no, about my that, uvula, he, yeah. you know. Doesn't, I like that you keep going back to the uvula. I like yeah. the uvula Apparently because I figured out what it was a couple of years ago. <laughs> like you mean yeah. a month ago? You thought you thought it was something down here, right? No, yeah. no. no, it's up here. <laughs> it's a Farside comic that I figured <laughs> yeah. out what it was from. I've been okay. reading Farside a lot lately. Yeah, let's go ahead and move on. Uh, oh yeah, next yes. suspect. Uh, next suspect. I actually think this is this guy looks like a possibility. This is my favorite suspect. Yeah. yeah. Favorite, yeah, as in, so. like, I like him for the crime, not I like him as a person, or think he has any redeeming qualities. You don't want his trading being. card? No. Okay. No. So this is Harold Jones. Uh, listeners who are into true crime may be familiar with Harold Jones, given that he was a convicted murderer at the age of 15. Yeah. Yeah. Nice and young. Yeah. He And he is another one that uh, could have an entire episode on him if this were true crime, not Unsolved Mysteries. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jones yeah, was convicted of rape and murder at 15. His victims were 8 and 11 years old. Nice guy. Yeah. Uh, and he served at, uh, quote, his majesty's pleasure, unquote, from 1921 till 1941 when he was released. Oh, his majesty's, because there was a king at the time. Got yeah. it. Yeah. There's a bit of a thing here in that he confessed to his crimes like just before he turned 16 because it turns out in the 20s, the teens in England, if he had been 16 instead of 15 when he was convicted of the murders, he would have been hanged. Likely, mm. not a hundred. It's not a hundred percent, but it's very likely that he would have been hanged instead of just Strong spending probability. twenty yeah. years in jail. So a smart thing to do. But uh, is, I, yeah. if I had been in a position of authority back then, I would have. I would have just quietly arranged to have his uh, his birth certificate modified, or just you know, about, you know find a reason a to year. put the trial off for a little while. <laughs> yeah, there's you that know? too. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, we got a continuance. Mm-hmm. What is that? It's this thing I'm using to delay <laughs> things. Shut up. I'm yeah. making it up, but That's it's a fine. really cool thing. You're going to love it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so Jones uh, lived until 1971 and I be- so he was alive um, and I believe living in London at the time of the stripper murders. I, I heard he believed was. that yeah. he was. Yeah. There's not, again, there's not good records, really. Apparently, he had a wife and children. Mm-hmm. He, oh, he, he did marry. Ugh. Yeah. So he was a really brutal child. He raped and murdered and strangled, actually. Raped and strangled two young girls. And granted, you know, he was young at the time, too. But 8 and 11 is still pretty young when you are 15. Uh, I'd say so. Um. So, yeah, I mean, he, the only problem that I, the, actually the biggest problem I have with this is he's another one that like in 2007, somebody said, hey, hey, I bet actually Harold Jones has something to do with those, yeah. with, the, with the Jack the Stripper murders. I mean, it, do, it would be reasonable to me to assume that he could have easily been the person who did them. But except no, no evidence, really. There's not really evidence. Have you ever seen any kind of physical descriptions or personality descriptions from him? I What I found was very, very scant. No, it's all, it's really vague. Okay, yeah. because I, I can, 
The reason that I ask that is if somebody does something that brutal at that young of an age, they they would continue with brutal behavior. And I almost wonder if it's a situation where either he's falsely, he, he was falsely accused and convicted, yeah. or it wasn't also unheard of for people who had some, um, who is, let's say, deve- developmentally delayed or, or stunted. You know, he may be young. He may have been the same age mentally as these girls, and so he may or may not have been involved. And then he's an adult, so he's still a child as an adult, so he's not going to be prone to that same kind of behavior. I mean, this happens. It does. He That was not his case. He was um, he lured these girls because he worked in a shop as a 15-year-old, mm-hmm. and they were visiting the store, and he lured them away. He, there's, I haven't read anything about, and I did actually read a fair amount about him because I have this huge morbid curiosity. About okay, see, like that's this. why I was asking about because I didn't find a whole lot, but I didn't, I yeah. didn't, I kind of disregarded him just because of when he was brought up, and I was mm-hmm. just suddenly curious about that. Okay, so that was what I'm going on was not the case at all. Okay, so onward this is, and upwards. This is Harold Jones. Yep. And this is Jack. The I remember Stryker. his picture. Let's but see. the the drawing is like you can't. <laughs> well, I mean, years. Of, look, can I see the picture of Harold Jones again? It's yeah. it's a pencil drawing that is. I'm sorry, but any British any guy literally with any whitey yeah. could look like any it's... jowly cheeky feature at all. Yeah. So. Yeah. So it's it's hard I'm, to tell. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm inclined to say that uh, at that point in time he was kind of nearing the end of his life because when was he born? Uh nineteen. Well, he was fourteen in or he was fifteen in nineteen twenty one. So okay. He so he would have been. I think it was old. a nine. Yeah, so I guess he still would have been young enough He'd to been you know, overpower somebody and yeah. you know and all that. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. But like I said, since he wasn't brought up as a suspect until like 2007, it that feels so much like this thing we see a lot that we try to cut through, where it's somebody saying like ma- trying to make a big revelation. I later. made a. I wrote a book. You know. Yeah. It's not. It's not only I made a book, but it's you know. Oh God, this guy lived in kind of the same area and was convicted of things that were kind of similar. So, <gasps> yeah, I know. Oh my God, it could be him. It's probably him. I saw somebody. So that's on, hard for me. I saw somebody on Reddit claiming that, that uh, several of the bodies were found within a couple of blocks of where he lived in London. I have no idea why, how anyone would know that. No, it's, it's absolutely not true because if you look at the maps of where the bodies, the bodies are they're all not over. even found within yeah, a couple no, blocks of each other. The two, yeah, the two yeah. bodies that were closest to each other were found, found a mile and a half apart. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And th- those were the closest ones. Yeah. And so, yeah, there's no, no way that more no. than one body was found a few blocks from his house. Yeah. So yeah. that's all the suspects. I know there are oh, some yeah. other suspects that I I have uh, willfully ignored. Willfully ignored. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'll talk about one, if you don't yeah, mind. that's yeah. fine. Yeah, no, uh, there was a detective superintendent in William Baldock uh, who really didn't like DuRose's theory about the security guard, Mongo. Yeah, yeah uh, he... Well, his his belief that it was a former London policeman who had committed the murders. Yeah, I didn't a, like this theory very much. Yeah, but let me let me just let me yeah, just no, no, spell it out yeah, just a absolutely. little just a little bit why he liked it so much. Um, so this guy, we're gonna call him. Uh, what are we gonna call him? Officer Jones. Let's call him that. How about Jack? Officer Jack. Officer Jack. Okay. 
Officer Jack uh, was a cop, but he was not that well liked by his coworkers. Apparently, a lot of them felt that they didn't really trust him. And uh, he sort of, uh, it turns out he wasn't that trustworthy because eventually he got arrested for committing a series of burglaries. And he uh, was eventually, of course, convicted, sentenced to a year. And, uh, of course, he was booted off the police force in London. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shocking. Yeah. Surprise. Uh, so, um, okay, he got, he got out of prison after he served a year, uh, got out in June 1963, took a job as a car salesman. Um, and the reason Baldock started liking this guy is because nobody was... trusts a car salesman. Exactly, that's a good reason. This guy was a smooth talker. He was especially good with women. It's actually <laughs> true. Uh, but Baldock was looking at a map, and he noticed that the bodies uh, were being dumped in different police subdivisions in London. Five out of the six bodies were dumped in subdivisions that that Officer Jack had worked in. And there are there are many many subdivisions, police subdivisions in London. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And so five out of the six, and, and number six, Irene Lockwood, was found on the bank of the Thames and, and may have actually been dumped in one where this guy used to work hmm. and drifted there from somewhere else. Anyway, so uh, this guy, as I said, was sentenced to a year in prison at his, at his trial. He said that he committed the crimes not so much because he wanted to steal, but because he liked the idea of doing something that his fellow cops would have to work on but would not be able to solve. <laughs> So he felt better than them. Yeah, yeah, and just just to just to frustrate them because he felt like you know I, you know I, I guess he felt a little that he'd been mistreated or something like that, and so he thought he'd screw them, you know, and so that's another reason why Baldock thought that uh, this guy was a good fit for the murders. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, that's just his theory, and, right. and there's no proof whatsoever. Yeah, and and of course he was, was never able to actually name this guy's name, actually, as opposed to Mongo Irish, so we won't know who he is. Yeah, Ireland. Yeah, yeah. not Irish. Yeah, oh, Ireland. Mongo Ireland. I mean, <laughs> but anyway, he wasn't Irish. <laughs> I, I thought it was an interesting theory and at least worth mentioning, even though, well, you know, uh, that's yeah, about that's it, the frustration know? with this one, right? Is that yeah. I feel like we hit this point with a lot of these cases where we think, huh. London's a big town. There's a lot of people. 7,000. Mm-hmm. 1%, 1% of the population could have done it. Uh, yeah. Who yeah. knows? Not I me. Know. I don't know. I'm don't sorry. Know. I'm sorry to tell everyone. I don't know. Yeah. I have no idea. No, I don't either. No. Yeah. We'll never know. I think it was some guy named Jack. That's yeah, all we know. Probably. Yeah. 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 Well, if you want to see some of the research that we've done um, or listen to the episode because apparently you don't know where to get it or um, (laughs) anything like that, if you want to leave a comment on this, uh, you can do that on our website. The website is thinkingsidewayspodcast.com. If you're listening to us on iTunes, don't forget to leave a comment and a rating. That's how people find us. I'm feeling pretty good about those comments and ratings these days. Uh, You can stream us pretty much anywhere you know it's kind of silly that we're still telling you how to find the show because obviously you've made it through an episode but sure (laughs) um if your streaming service lets you do comments and ratings and all that stuff just do that for us too thanks um you can find us on social media we're there a lot we have the facebook group and page so you can like us and follow us join the group it's not follow us it's join the group yeah like the page follow the group join the group yeah join the group. uh follow us on twitter it's yep. thinking 
sideways. Uh, you can see some really awesome pictures of me <laughs> if you want. <laughs> um, you can find us on Reddit. We have a subreddit. It's um, our thinking sideways. It's not the thinking sideways pod one. If you go there, you will be very sad. It's, <laughs> it's just like four random things. Um, you can also get swag-like stuff if you want. Uh, that link is on our website on the left sidebar. And we've been adding some new content to mm -hmm. that. Also Finally. on the left we sidebar swag. Yeah. is um, cool. a link to PayPal if you are so inclined to do a one-time donation, but also a link to Patreon if you are inclined to make a reoccurring donation that's per episode. So maybe, I mean, you know, if you want to, I'm not going to tell you don't donate $50 per episode, but please pay take that into consideration because yeah, we don't want to like make you feel like you're paying us a lot of money. We yep. appreciate every single cent that we Absolutely. get. Absolutely. Totally. We it, think it, we're going to be handy. able to afford that server upgrade just any minute now. Yeah. Um, and then if you have feedback for us, if you have suggestions, if you're an expert, if you just want to tell us how much you love us, you can send us an email. The email address is thinkingsidewayspodcast at gmail.com. I'm pretty sure that's all the business. Did I, get, did I forget anything? Nothing I can we think good? of. No. I, I'm not holding a list, though. Yeah, well, I'm not either because I don't need it anymore. I don't know. I saw you crumple it up. It was weird. Yeah. All right, well, um, Joe, why did you write it? Uh, I think it was her idea. On that note, <laughs> we're going to get out of here. So uh, talk to you guys next week or maybe tomorrow. Who knows? Yeah, I don't know. Okay. Bye-bye, everybody. Let's head down to the strip. Okay. Bye. Bye.